This Saturday at noon, Michigan football returns to take on the Colorado State Rams. It is a small game, but as a Michigan student who will be attending this game in person, I cannot describe how excited I am to watch my team in person in the big house take the field. The first day of school for me was yesterday, and it was, while tiring at times, it was pretty amazing. All my classes were fun, they're interesting. I'm studying economics at the University of Michigan, so most of my classes, just to give a little little perspective on my life, are all pretty econ-based, including a stats class in there. But it was a great day yesterday, and it's going to be a great day this Saturday as a Michigan Wolverine watching my team take the field. Today I'm going to be giving my preview of this game and also giving my prediction for Michigan's first game of the 2022 season. If you are new to the channel, and if you're a Michigan fan, Ohio State fan, who wants Colorado State to somehow beat Michigan, Michigan State fan, Nebraska fan, Penn State fan, if you're a fan of the Big Ten or college football, period, and you're new to the channel or you've been watching it for a while but haven't joined our community, I encourage you to do so. Hit that subscribe button, like this video up, and share it around to fellow Wolverine fans or other college football fans. Comment your thoughts on this game and on Michigan football down below, and hit that notification bell so you can get notified when I do preview and prediction videos and reaction and analysis videos and when I go live. Thank you all for watching, and let's get right into it. And first and foremost, talk about Michigan versus Colorado State previewing the game. Michigan at every position is superior to the Colorado State Rams. I think so. ESPN's FPI thinks so. Everyone who watches college football thinks so. This is Michigan's first home game of the season. It's at 12 p.m. It's on at 12 p.m. Eastern time on ABC. Michigan is heavily, heavily favored, and we're going to spend a minute or so talking about this. They're given a 97.6% chance to win this game, according to ESPN's FPI. That is a big, that's a big number, especially the 30 and a half point spread that the Wolverines are favored by. That is a huge number. Even though it's Colorado State, and Colorado State, let's be real here, is not a good team, and Michigan is a, viewed as a consensus top 10 team, or even a unanimous top 10 team, this is still a big number. It's the first game of the year. Michigan's offense is typically not anything in the Harbaugh era has typically not been anything that's fancy, so sometimes it does get bogged down or slows down against some of these smaller schools. Most of the time, it easily handles them and blows them out, but still, it's the first game of the year. You never know. Michigan dominates everywhere. They'll have much better trench play. They'll have better front seven and back seven play. Their special teams with kicker Jake Moody and punter Brad Robbins are going to be obviously superior. They're arguably the best kicker and punter duo in the nation. They're going to be superior to Colorado State's kicker Caden Camper and punter Patty Turner by a mile, and that goes the same with even at QB play. Clay Millen, who's transferring in, transferring him from Nevada, where head coach Jay Norvell used to coach 
until this season when he signed a contract with the Colorado State Rams. He's transferring in from Jay Norvell's old school, so following his head coach to Colorado State. Michigan's QB play with Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy, who I think will both get reps and we'll talk about that later, are superior to to Colorado State's QB room as well. Michigan everywhere is better. So there's a reason why they're favored by 30 and a half points and why they're given basically a 98% chance to win this game. It's just huge because ESPN's FPI, you rarely see the whole circle. If you go on the website, you'll know what I'm talking about where it gives the percentages. The circle's all blue. Michigan is basically given a 100% chance to win this game. This, along with the Hawaii game, the UConn game, these are give, these are gimme wins. If Michigan struggles in any of these games, there is likely to be a rocky road ahead for the rest of the season. As Maryland, Iowa, Rutgers, Indiana, Penn State, Michigan State, Ohio State, Illinois, Nebraska, all these teams, all the Big Ten teams that Michigan faces are going to be better than Colorado State and Hawaii and UConn. These first three games are tune-up games. They're tune-up games for Michigan. That is exactly what it is. The Wolverines are favored by 30 and a half. If you're a Michigan fan, if you're not a Michigan fan, you're probably thinking what I'm thinking and would likely pick Michigan to cover the 30 and a half spread. Michigan's offensive line is the best in the nation, in my opinion. There's an argument for them to at least be in the elite category there. Their tight end room and running back room, there's also arguments for them to be considered elite. They have a great wide receiver and QB room. Their defensive line, linebacker, and defensive back rooms. The defense lost a lot last year, but I'm going to assume because of the talent there, the coordinators there, they're at minimum going to be good. Good to great is where those units will fall. Special teams will be elite, top tier in the country, and the staff is one of the better staffs in the country. This is in comparison to Colorado State, who is viewed as one of the bottom feeders nationally. Michigan's ranked number sixth in ESPN's FPI, and they have an FPI power ranking of 16.8. Viewed as a team that can be a playoff contender, a team that probably won't win a playoff game, in my opinion, certainly won't win a national title, or near certainly, because Michigan is just, in my opinion and in most people's opinions, they're just good and great, near elite enough to where maybe they could, but it is a it is a far stretch to say that this Michigan team will win the national title. They're not Alabama, Ohio State, or even Georgia. They're a tier below them, but they're still ranked very highly. Sixth in the FPI, their FPI power ranking is just behind number five Notre Dame. It's much further below Clemson, who's fourth, Georgia, who's third, Ohio State, who's second, and Alabama, who's first in the FPI. In the AP poll, they're ranked number eight. In my own poll, they're ranked number four. I have them behind Ohio State, who's one, Alabama, who's two, and Georgia, who is three. And in 2021, they went 12 and two. For the Wolverines this year, I think they'll go 11 and 1, just losing to Ohio State. Colorado State, on the other hand, went 3 and 9 last year. I have not even checked out their entire schedule, but I can't imagine they're going to be going much better than 500. Just it's the first year of Jay Norvell. Steve Adazio wrecked Colorado State last year, and in the 2020 season, 
They were given an FPI rank of 112. They have a negative power ranking of negative 10.1, and they're not ranked in the AP poll or my poll or any poll. They are far away from being ranked in any poll for good measure, for very good measure. So the distance between these two teams, the the gap, the talent gap, the coaching gap, and the perceived gap too, because sometimes the the perceived gap, like how wide or how close or how narrow the perceived gap between two teams is, can be much bigger or much smaller than anticipated. Look at Michigan versus Michigan State, for example, over the past 15 years. Michigan very much often in those games was perceived as having a much greater talent advantage, coaching advantage. They had, they had, perception from the media on their side and at the end of the day Michigan State was honestly much closer to Michigan overall and more often than not the better team. Michigan for example was favored in 2017, favored in I'm pretty sure they were might have been favored in the 2013 game, 2015, other games as well and all those 3 years Michigan State throughout the regular season and throughout that game by winning those matchups proved themselves to be the better team despite the perception that Michigan was better. That's not the case here. Michigan just isn't they're not just perceived as being much better. They are much better. Metrics, depth chart, everything agrees that Michigan here is the better team. An upset here, let's talk about this, would be absolutely monumental. If Michigan loses this game to this Colorado State team, there's a chance that, you know, it's a fluke, but it would still be indicative of this Michigan team not being good at all. Maybe Colorado State's much better than we all thought they were. But if Michigan loses this game, which I don't think they will at all, if they somehow were to, then you you would know that Jim Harbaugh, in his interview with the NFL, might have pulled a Dan Mullen and checked out. The team is overrated, or they would be overrated if they were to lose this game. Michigan here, they're going to win this game. And I'm saying this before I even get to the score prediction and even get to the players. Michigan is going to win this game, and if they don't, then I won't even know what to tell you. The first few seconds of my reaction video might be complete and utter silence if Colorado State somehow managed to pull out this game. They should not win. Michigan, by talent, staff, resources, home field advantage, everything points to Michigan, not just winning this game, but destroying Colorado State from start to finish. Players you should look out for. Blake Corum at Michigan will feast with that offensive line with Aluwaluwatimi, Zach Zinter, Trevor Keegan, Ryan Hayes. They're going to they're gonna feast. They're absolutely going to feast. Oh, and Trente Jones, the other tackle. Pardon me for briefly forgetting his name, but Blake Corum with those five guys is gonna ground and pound. I wouldn't even I would be I wouldn't even be shocked if he had 200-plus yards rushing. I really wouldn't be. Michigan should pound hundreds and hundreds of yards, not just rushing yards either, but passing yards. I think they'll have at least over 200 passing yards or around there. But Michigan loves to run the football. And Blake Corum's running back number one. Donovan Edwards will get his time too. But Blake Corum being the more established back, a guy who played better on the ground last year, 
Donovan Edwards is much better in the receiving department, but on the ground where Michigan lives and breathes with that offensive line, with those tight ends too, everything helping in the run game, Blake Corum is going to have a day. He's going to have a field day against this Colorado State team. Tory Horton is is listed as an athlete by 24-7 Sports on their recruiting page and transfer portal page. Tory Horton is a wide receiver for the Colorado State Rams. He was at Nevada last year. He had a really good season, and he is going to be, in my opinion, Colorado State's number one wide receiver. It's going to be interesting to see how he's utilized by Jay Norvell and the Colorado State staff against a Michigan defense who has a lot of new faces. So I think watch out for Tory Horton on Colorado State and Blake Corum for Michigan. Let's go over these guys and the seasons they had this past year. Blake Corum had 144 rushing attempts for 952 yards, 11 touchdowns, and he averaged 6.6 yards per carry. 6.6 yards per carry. Mid-season, he was close to a Heisman contender at running back before before he had an ankle injury which kept him out of the Penn State game, kept him out of the Indiana game, kept him out of the Maryland game for the most part. Same thing with the Indiana game where I think he had a carry. He came back a little for the Ohio State game, but still was not at full strength. And he finally got to full strength or near full strength during the Iowa game and the Georgia game. Blake Corum, if he stays healthy and with Hassan Haskins' departure, can really have a awesome year a career-defining year, a year that puts him as one of the best running backs in the nation, which I think he is. And I think he's easily going to go over 1,000 yards. I'd say I'd almost go bold and say he'll easily go over 1,500 rushing yards, if not beyond that, and over 15 rushing touchdowns, probably even more again. He is a fantastic player, absolutely fantastic player, low center of gravity, 5'8", 210 pounds listed on ESPN. I'm excited to watch him, and again, I think he is going to feast in this game. Torrey Horton, 6'2", 180 pounds from Fresno, California, wide receiver on the Colorado State Rams. In 2021, he had 52 receptions for 659 yards, averaged 12.7 yards per reception, and he had five receiving touchdowns. Corum didn't have a lot of action in 2020. He didn't even have 100 rushing yards, just had two rushing touchdowns. Torrey Horton in the Colorado State shortened year, or the Nevada shortened year, pardon me. He was at Nevada for his first two years of action. He had 20 receptions in the shortened 2020 season for 336 yards, 16.8 yards per reception, and also five receiving touchdowns. This guy's a player. He had Carson Strong as his quarterback in 2020 and in 2021, a quarterback that was very hyped and I don't even think was drafted in this past year's NFL draft. Very hyped along with the rest of Nevada early in the 2021 season that never really bared any fruit. So Torrey Horton will be playing with inferior QB play, but it's still going to be interesting to see how he's used to attack a Michigan secondary linebacker core that is new. And I think that he is going to be Colorado State's primary playmaker. And finally, we have my own prediction. Michigan is going to shellac Colorado State. There's no secret about it. This game, I think, will look a lot like the Northern Illinois 
game from last year, except Northern Illinois, quite frankly, is a better team than this year's Colorado State team, in my opinion, which is why I added on a touchdown. I think Michigan will probably score these 70 points in three quarters, if not like three and a fourth or three and a half quarters. They're going to run they're going to run it down and just try and end the game by the fourth quarter easily. They're going to have over 600 yards. No doubt about it. They might even have over 700, who knows. And the majority of those will probably be on the ground. Cade and JJ will both get repetitions. You'll see a lot of backups, and this is a QB battle, so they're battling for starter. JJ's going to start against Hawaii. Cade is starting this game. Cade was listed as a captain, and I do find it interesting that despite him being listed as a captain, he's not being not being given the full—he's not—he hasn't been given the keys yet to turn on the engine, to turn on the car, and make it his ride, which I find interesting. Mike Valenti— Enrico Beard on their show also find it interesting, but I actually like it. See who's the better player. See who plays and gels better with the team. I think Cade in leadership in leadership capability certainly gels better with the team, and I think that Cade also, Cade is just more experienced, gels better with the team, certainly inside the locker room, who gels better with the team on the field, who puts up better numbers, who makes most importantly better decisions. If Cade has a higher ceiling, but the lower floor is also exploited, I don't necessarily want him in there. I only want JJ in there starting, especially since Cade's been listed as a captain, JJ should only beat out Cade if JJ's floor is the same as Cade's or higher, along with his already higher ceiling. Like, if he is totally the better player and his mistakes from last year have been solved, his sometimes, sometimes, I don't know what you would call it, sometimes just asinine decision making, like trying too hard to make plays or having moments where he just kind of goes blank, like the fumbles in the Michigan State game. If those have been eliminated, and I think that he's a fantastic player, so he's certainly improved in that department, and he continues to make amazing plays, his deep ball gets even better than it already was last year, then fine stardom. But Cade's the more proven player. Cade, I think, is Michigan's best quarterback in the Harbaugh era, just from a leadership standpoint, from what he's led Michigan to go. And I know that last year it was mostly a ground attack, but he made some good throws. For the amount of times Michigan passed, which might have been some of the least in the Harbaugh era, you saw a lot of deep balls, a lot of them that were accurate. You saw Cade being able to make good decisions, execute well, made very few mistakes. When the supporting cast was average to good, not when it was atrocious like in the Georgia game, when it was average, maybe below average, or good— Cade rarely made any mistakes. So this QB battle's interesting. In these first three games, there's not a whole lot of entertainment or talk surrounding them because Michigan should and is predicted to blow out all of these first three teams. Watching the QB battle and how the offense and defense operate is going to be interesting. The story of how Michigan is going to evolve throughout these games and what they're going to do is perhaps more of the importance of these first of previewing these first three games than the matchups between the two teams, if that makes sense. Michigan, again, going back to having over 600 yards, 
probably 400 of them will be on the ground, 200 in the passing game. If it's more than that, then expect even more rushing yards, perhaps a few more passing yards too. Michigan will look like a top four team, regardless of if they are or aren't, because this is Colorado State. It's at Michigan. Michigan's defense is going to be at minimum above average to good, in my opinion, and this offense is going to be near elite to elite, especially in the ground game. And Colorado State, just frankly, they're an awful team. And Jay Norvell, that isn't on him. It's his first year there. Yes, he's bringing in a lot of transfers and stuff, but Colorado State lost a great tight end last year. Their starting quarterback transferred out to James, I think James Madison or Jacksonville State, someone, some some college that begins with a J is where Colorado State's quarterback from last year, their starter, transferred to. Colorado State is just a bad football team. Michigan is a great to near elite, possibly elite football team. I think Michigan is going to beat them 70 to 10. They're going to cover the spread. And I'm excited to be there, be in the student section, and just soak in the energy that the big house will provide as a Michigan fan and as a Michigan student. Thank you all for watching this video. If you're, again, new to the channel or you've been following it for a while, make sure to join our awesome community by hitting that subscribe button, liking this video, commenting your thoughts down below, and clicking that notification bell. And if you're on the Spotify listening to this, make sure to follow the Spotify channel. Thank you all for watching again so much, and thank you for 6,700 subscribers. We're growing at an unprecedented rate, and I am so happy and excited for this season. The Ohio State-Notre Dame game preview is definitely coming tomorrow, and the Michigan State and Nebraska games, those previews will also be coming within the following day or two. Thank you for watching, and I'll see you guys around. Bye.